Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another mini-episode of Who You Got. My name is Dayton Hammond. Who You Got is a show about creating brackets for things that don't normally have brackets. Now, you may be asking, what is a bracket exactly? Well, a bracket, or tournament bracket, is a tree diagram representing a series of games played in a knockout tournament. Each episode, we create a bracket for a specific topic and determine the best of that topic through a series of debate matchups. In these special mini-episodes, special rules apply. First of all, it's just little old me here. While there is no guest, I will still be talking through these matchups in a thorough and even-handed manner. Unlike a full episode of Who You Got, we will only be debating four items here. That means two semifinal matchups and then a final face-off to take the crown. Lastly, there are no strict time limits on each round, but thankfully we have the man himself, Graham Zima, over here on the knobs to call me out just in case I start stalling out of sheer indecisiveness. And these are the laws of our land, but what is our topic this week? Why, it's Toy Story films. With the release of Toy Story 4 earlier this year, 2019, Pixar's flagship series reached some sort of conclusion. Woody, Buzz, and even some long-lost friends from the franchise were granted some reasonable catharsis. With many of these playful characters' arcs complete, which movie did we find warmed our hearts the most? Which made us go back to our favorite teddy bear or action figure from childhood? Which took us to infinity and beyond? That's the only time I'm going to make that reference, I can promise you that. The original Toy Story will enter the ring against Toy Story 3 in the first round. In the second, Toy Story 2 will tangle with Toy Story 4. The last one standing will be dubbed Andy's Favorite. It's time to play on Who You Got. Toy Story was the first VHS tape I ever owned. Remember those white plastic book-looking containers? I can still recall the artwork of the OG Toy Story. It was Buzz Lightyear blasting off with Woody enviously clinging to him while other residents of Andy's bedroom looked on. That iconic blue sky wallpaper that's uh, identifying the series overall wrapped the scene. It was an iconic image of the 90s. Nay, it was an iconic image of filmmaking. It's astounding that this first ever completely computer animated film had this excellent of a story, one of cruel jealousy, existential re-examination, and ultimately of brotherly love. You would think that filmmakers might become disillusioned with the technology they were pioneering, but no, they knew they needed heart, most of all. And heart doesn't always mean innocence, of course. Toy Story is a brutal, creeping, creepy, and all-around grounded movie. Little army men are mangled under gigantic human footsteps, a G.I. Joe equivalent is blown to smithereens, Woody deceives his friends with his rival's misplaced arm, Buzz laughs maniacally in another persona's voice after losing his place in the world, Sid's toys are like reassembled monstrous lumbering corpses. It's pretty spectacular, actually, everything they were able to get away with. Thank goodness it all serves the story, that story of what it means to be part of a family. But... If we're talking necessary darkness to serve a stronger narrative, Toy Story 3 may be the more robust example. I love the framework of Sunnyside Daycare. It's a, effectively a cruel, classist oligarchy where longtime residents and newcomers through the ring are out of spite and an effort to uh, maintain their status, all the while while feigning hospitality and benevolence. 
And then there's Buzz, who is literally brainwashed, not by some outside force, but by his own vessel's mechanisms. How horrifying is that? There, there's something in their own body that can reset them. That's a frightening thought. And then there's the incinerator scene, of course. I don't think I need to say more at this point. Maybe later. Altogether, Toy Story 1 and 3 both demonstrate the tough life for toys. While Toy Story 1 deftly shows how the toy-toy-human dynamic can be disrupted, Toy Story 3 does something a bit more affecting. It uproots Woody and Buzz's whole world and forces them to look outside of it. Put it this way. If the Toy Story movies are some sort of analog for a family structure, the first talks about how we cope with new family members arriving and the broader web of parental and fraternal bonds. That makes Toy Story 3 about life beyond our birth families. What do we do when guardians and familiar settings pass on as all things do? Well, we make our own families. And we keep remaking them. Until we ourselves shuffle off this mortal coil. Toy Story 3 introduced that reality. And it did not revel in the blessing of Woody and Buzz and the others finding Bonnie, a new owner, after Andy. The gift of their new family came with the knowledge that life is full of many families, both literal and figurative. Home is not a comfort you just find out in the world. It's a comfort that you are willing to create with others. The first, first Toy Story was a technical marvel and a bold narrative, but it was merely the introduction to this very real, very harrowing, and very insightful world of the toys. Toy Story 3 made and pushed some of the richest observations of this world to the limit, and that's why I think it's a stronger film. So, Toy Story 3 trounces its predecessor and moves to the final showdown. Toy Story 2 is another miracle, like the first. It survived hellish development to deliver a tale that parallels the first entry in quite elegant ways. This time, Woody is the one separated from the Davis household. This time, Woody loses an arm. This time, Woody becomes disillusioned with his manufactured origins. It's noticeable without being too forced, so props to the screenwriters for that. Toy Story 2 also introduces the idea of obsolescence on a more troubling scale. Now, toys just don't have to worry about being neglected or unfavor. They could also be sold at a garage sale, being unwanted. They could be given to a museum as an artifact. The stakes are higher, and that is exactly what a sequel needs. Altogether, this new, more inevitable sense of doom speaks to the qualities of death, memory, and prioritizing other aspects of life over family. The message ultimately is that love is the greatest purpose, above all other possible purposes in life. Is Toy Story 4 as enlightening? Maybe, but it definitely wasn't as clear and concise in its themes. This newest entry in the Toy Story series feels like an epilogue, for better or for worse. It's quiet, nostalgic, and kind of solemn in a way. It's not morbid or anything, really. It just, it's, it's an end. It asks, what if your newest family, your current family, is complete without you? It's a powerful, brave question, but it never really addresses it as cleanly as it could have. At the end of the day, or movie, Woody learns, spoilers, to teach the importance of family and love to others. He effectively becomes a toy equivalent of a counselor or clergyman. If love is the greatest purpose, then this film is showing that love comes in the form of helping others in their love, too. 
cool. It's it's compelling and a, a neat end to Woody's arc, but still doesn't feel appropriately satisfying, and I'm not entirely sure why. I think it might have to do, have something to do with the fact that Woody and Buzz had very little screen time together. This really bothered me as a longtime fan. Their brotherhood was always the driving force in any situation that Andy's toys had to face, and Toy Story 4 really felt like a singular journey for Woody. I suppose Buzz learns to be independent. He's a man of action, and while Woody is the man of the pl- with the plan, and without a well planner, Buzz gets a little frazzled, but he ultimately learns to lead the new family of toys under Bonnie. It's a good path for the character, but it still plays second fiddle to Woody, and neither really get the appropriate screen time that they need to provide a satisfying end to this decades-long journey. And their relationship, even at its end, is sort of overshadowed by the madness that is this new character, Forky, sort of assembled from craft items from a kindergarten classroom and come to life like because he's treated as a toy. While good for some laughs, this character kind of blows a hole in the hull of the integrity of the toy's wor- world instead of appropriately expanding it. If you've heard of world building, think of this as world destabilization. But Keanu Reeves, Key and Peele are fun, I suppose. They provide really, really solid, fun voice performances. And it's always a pleasure to hear more Annie Potts these days. The overall message of Toy Story 4 is cool, if a bit unclear. That message ultimately is that the world is an enormous place, full of ways to find purpose. And that purpose will always be fulfilling if it is motivated by and expressive of, another huge theme of the entire series, love. Despite that powerful idea, I kind of had to parse that out on my own. Toy Story 2 is much cleaner and confident in what it wants to be. And I want to talk more about it. So, let's move it on to the finals. That puts, in contention for the title of Andy's favorite, Toy Story 3 and Toy Story 2. Something I love about the Toy Story franchise overall is that Each film ends with the characters thinking they have everything that their world has to offer. The next entry flips that on its head, asking them to understand that there is even more out there. So between Toy Story 3 and 2, which has the better demonstration of that overall idea? Toy Story 3 says you can always make a home with the people that you love. Toy Story 2 says you can always come home to the people that you love. And if we're being completely honest, I think Toy Story 3's message is probably the truer of the two. Don't get me wrong, both are stunning films. In Toy Story 2, when the camera pans over Woody's old merchandise, it's really warm and uplifting. In Toy Story 3, when Woody and Buzz and the gang face off against Lotso Huggin' Bear over an open dumpster, I mean, confrontations don't get much more tense than that. Back in Toy Story 2, Jessie's flashback over her old owner, it really feels like a tragic storybook come to life. And then, of course, Toy Story 3's heartbreaking moment when Andy drives away from Bonnie's house and the toys look on from their porch, moving on. I mean, come on, man. That's, these movies know what they're doing. <laughs> it's hard to disparage either one. There's some of the best of all cinema really has to offer, and I'll stand by that comment for sure. But there's one moment in Toy Story 3 that stands tall above anything the franchise has ever done. The incinerator scene. I promise we talk a little bit more about it. In this moment, the toys give in. Not to failure, not to abandonment, but straight up death. Is that okay? I I think it is. Yes, I'm, I'm confident that this moment is good and important. 
You can look at this moment and say, yes, children need to learn about the reality of death. This is true. But there's something more powerful happening. Children are learning about accepting a lack of control in life. Sometimes fighting isn't enough. Sometimes the best choice that you can make is realize that you have something and you cherish how you have fought and what you have. And you just grit your teeth. And maybe fortune will smile upon you. Maybe it won't. Maybe maybe something will happen. But either way, you just have to ease your comrades struggling. Ease the struggling of those you love. Grab their hands. Don't say a word. Hold on and find peace in the end, whatever that end, end ends up being. Toy Story 2 says, help others, intend good, and stick to your guns. But Toy Story 3, man, Toy Story 3 is life happening. Innocence disappearing. Reality coming down. So many films, animated or not, strive for a portrayal of that message and fall short. Toy Story 3 succeeds, and it didn't have to aim this high and achieve so much, but it did. Back to the incinerator scene itself, it could have felt like melodrama, and it probably should have, but we believed it. Toy Story 3 was the moment that many viewers realized this franchise had grown up with them, and them with it, in an unprecedented way. Toy Story 3 was the moment we realized that we believed in the importance of these characters, and nothing can top that. Toy Story 3, to me, is Andy's favorite, the greatest Toy Story film. And that's all I have for you on this mini-episode of Who You Got. I know this is a contentious topic for many folks, so do you agree that Toy Story 3 is the best? Which is your favorite? All four films are pretty remarkable in that they resonate across ages, across themes, across genres. So is this maybe a fruitless task altogether? To choose a favorite? I don't know. I would love to hear what you think. Then, keep your eyes open. We'll have another full episode of Who You Got with a special guest coming at you soon. And make sure you never miss an episode, mini or regular, by following Who You Got on Instagram and Facebook. You can suggest topics for full episodes anytime. For these mini episodes, we will be considering entire brackets that you submit. That's right. If you have four things that you would like to determine the finest of, share those on our social media pages. As always, I look forward to seeing what you guys want to see me ramble on about for roughly 10 to 15 minutes. Then, of course, wherever you're listening, please review, like, and share. Five-star ratings are great, your thoughts and suggestions are great, and your friends and family listening, too, is the best. So, thank you again for joining me on this mini-episode of Who You Got. My name is Dayton Hammond, and we'll see you next time. 